that track is Up in Smoke by Zebrahead on Brain Invaders. That album is out now. And the full song will play after the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Herfcast. My name is Brian. I'm your host. And tonight I've got Mo from Patina Cigars joining me via video chat. Uh, I do apologize ahead of time. There is some echoing uh, in parts of the episode. Um, just nothing we were able to do about that, so it's not too often, but when it happens, you'll notice. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, uh, be sure to check out, uh, Patina Cigars. Uh, they are very good. They are priced right, and you're not going to be disappointed. So, uh, pretty much anybody, uh, from beginner to aficionado is going to be able to enjoy them. So, definitely a good cigar to check out. Um... Other than that, make sure you check out the website, uh, theherfcast.com. My store is now open. I've got shirts, stickers, buttons, uh, and there's also my Patreon. So check those out. That's awesome. Uh, I appreciate everyone who's listening, and here is Mo from Patina Cigars. What's up, bud? Not much. How's it going? Good, man. <laughs> it's a nice little room you got back there. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I need to change that shirt, though. I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, now, the, uh, the Cubs. Can I wear my socks hat during this? Uh, I, I think the Blackhawks hat is just fine. I mean. <laughs> is that the special guest? It is. Nice. That's a beautiful lady. I just picked up a couple more, uh, uh, Connecticut's. From where, bud? I'm sorry? Where did you say you picked them up from? Uh, from uh, Tobacco Land in Munster. Oh, nice, man. Um, so I've got the uh, Connecticut going right now. Mm. Now, I am pouring myself some Woodford Reserve Straight Rye Whiskey. Uh, it's the uh, green label. So what do you uh, what do you prefer to drink when, when you're smoking your patinas? You know, man, I don't drink alcohol, so I do... Uh... Do a lot of coffee, which is what I'm doing now. Any uh, and then, uh, what's that? Any like ginger beer or root beer? No, man, not really. Um, I'll have a Coke once in a while, but um, Connecticut almost always coffee or hot chocolate, and then the Habano hot chocolate, or once in a while, I have a Coke, mostly just water. I actually like to taste the cigar. Um, so I don't like anything that overpowers a cigar, especially because my cigars are not uh, full, full body. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't want to do something that's too heavy that takes away from it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a buddy of mine doesn't drink, but he usually he usually pairs it up with uh, root beer, like craft root beer and craft ginger mm-hmm. beer, stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, so anyway, I guess I should uh, say... Uh, this is this is Mo from Patina Cigars. Uh, he's he's joining me tonight uh, via video chat. Uh, What's going on? You know, welcome to the Herfcast, buddy. I'm glad we were able to uh, get it together. Yeah, man. No, thanks for having me. I was uh, I, we wanted to do it in person, um, but I couldn't make it out there tonight. You're, you're about 45 minutes, I think, away from where I'm at. Um, and it's funny, you had heard me on the, the Hot Ticket podcast, right, yeah. with Corey? Yeah. 
And uh, he had messaged me yesterday. He wanted me to go have a cigar with him. And unfortunately, I couldn't make it. But I, I met up with him the time before when he was in town. Uh, so that was cool. But um, it, it's it's always great to, to be with a local guy, man. So thanks for hanging, thanks for hanging out. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's I know you guys met up uh, a few weeks ago as well, didn't you? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And then he messaged me yesterday. And unfortunately, I just couldn't make it. So. Yeah, that's I, me and him have been trying to uh, uh, work out like while he's in town, uh, either, yeah. either being able to meet up or having him swing by. But yeah, uh, you know, one one of these trips we'll get together. So absolutely, man. Yeah, we're too close not to. So yeah, yeah, and and he's in town, uh, you know, on a on a fairly regular basis. So yeah, absolutely. How far how far out are you from like Schaumburg? Uh, Schaumburg is, I want to say about an hour and 15 minutes, depending on traffic, okay. it could be two hours. Yeah. Know. Cause that's where he's at. Yeah. Yeah. That's where he's just. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, so you said you're, you're not a drinker. Have you never been a drinker or. Believe it or not, I've never drank alcohol in my life. No, not once. No, not once. No, that's, that's impressive. <laughs> I could tell you it saved me a lot of money. Yeah, I could tell you, I could tell you it's saved you a lot of money. <laughs> I I um I would say my stupid decision making is about the same if I was under the influence or not under the influence of alcohol. So I can't I can't say I've made less stupid decisions or Yeah. Um but uh certainly saves a lot of money. That's for sure. For sure. Uh and definitely a lot of headaches and uh, <laughs> bad bad situations in general. So, <laughs> yeah, that's I, you know, I've, like, I've uh, learned my lesson. Yeah, but yeah. Well, I mean, you're still wearing a Cubs shirt, so you must be under some influence, or you lost a bet. Uh, all right, fair enough. Yeah, but <laughs> but uh, I at least at least I could say that I I was alongside suffering, you know, for all the years of oh, my yeah. life. Uh, oh yeah. Un- until 2016, so. You know, that was, um, funny enough, that was one of the, and I'm a White Sox fan. Yeah. I think that's pretty well known. But I will tell you that watching that playoff run was probably one of the most enjoyable things that I've, and I used to, like, give my Cub fan, fan friends crap and stuff like that, but I wanted them to win. I mean, to watch the city just go crazy yeah. with that win and to see people that literally were – 90 years old that had waited for this their whole lives or to, to experience this. Uh, that was a pretty cool moment, man. That yeah. Was a pretty cool. Moment. Uh, that night, you know, I had my son. Yep. Uh, my son was, uh, what, two and a half years old mm-hmm. when, uh, when they won. So it was cool. You know, I got, I got the, the selfie with me and my son with the, with the win in the background and, you know, uh, just a, a nice moment to have being a being a lifelong fan, and you know, oh, being, yeah. being half the age as, as most of the lifelong fans. Right, um, right. But yeah, def- definitely a cool moment. At least, uh, at least my kid doesn't have to wait around forever. Uh, yeah. If yeah. Uh, you know, if he ends up being a Cubs fan, so. Right. You know, man, it's interesting, and this is what this is what really gets me about a lot of the playoff runs that you see with teams, especially a team like the Cubs where people have been literally waiting generations for something like this. 
is your everyday fan, your your guy or girl that's been following them the whole season or for every season for however long, so many of those people, when it comes playoff time, get priced out of being able to actually go to the game. Yeah, uh, that's we we weren't able to go. Um, that's I actually had friends that went to uh, uh, Cleveland to go to Game Seven, uh, yeah. and they were able to pick up tickets for you know not not too much more than face value for Game Sevens right. of the World Series, and uh, right. you know they got to see it happen, uh, you know out of town, but they got to see it happen in, in person, right. nonetheless. So, right. I remember going to. Um... I think it's called what progressive field now, but it was Jacobs field at the time. And uh, that was always a place I thought was a cool, cool place to watch a baseball game. There's, there's a lot of good fans out there, but you know, that no baseball. So are you, uh, are you a big baseball fan in general or are you pretty localized? Uh, I used to be overall a huge baseball fan. Um, but now more so just white Sox. Yeah. Uh, or Ian, I watch the Cubs, obviously, but uh, when you're when you're traveling a lot and all that, you don't necessarily have the time you once did uh, to to watch all the games or to whatever, and uh, so that's just part of it. But still, love it, man. That does open up opportunities to visit more ballparks. Uh, you know, if 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 your schedule allows, anyway. Yeah, yeah. You try to uh, when you trade. A lot of people always, you know, they're like, oh, you, you know, you got to you got to be on the road. Where, when are you going to be here next? Going to be here next. And uh, you got to pick your your trips intelligently. Uh, with that said, though, this summer or spring summer, I would like to try to work, uh, work some baseball games in if I can, depending on where I go. Um, I know that uh, Oliver uh, Niveau from uh, United Distributors, who does like Byron and Adabay and stuff. I told him that I've always wanted to go to Fenway, so I want to try to get out that way for like a White Sox Red Sox game and go with him. I think that would be a pretty cool experience. So. Yeah. So, no, that's myself. Uh, when it comes to baseball, I'm definitely more of a more of a local fan than mm-hmm. than overall. Um, you know, football. I, I've gotten more into overall football than just the Bears. So that's like, yeah, yeah. You know, I I did pick the uh, the Bears Cup. I figured that one would be would be neutral. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. common so, ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, and now it's uh, you know, and and that was because fantasy football, you know, kind of forced mm-hmm. me to watch more. But now I'm, I'm sure. kind of getting out of fantasy football, so just kind of sticking more towards the Bears and you know yeah. the Bears and headlines, I guess. In the in headlines, did you say? Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Fantasy football has probably been, um, well, besides sports betting, has helped professional football tremendously, man. I feel like even more more than any other sport, fantasy football is obviously one that people get the most into. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, that's. I mean, well, when I when I started, which wasn't that long ago, but fantasy football used to be easy. It was, uh, you know, one and a half days a week that you had to pay attention to. But, right, right. But now it's getting to the point. It's like, well, shit, man. There's a game every other day. Um, yeah, yeah. So. It's crazy, man. I mean, if you have an NFL football game on a Sunday night and then you're playing again on a Thursday night, I, how do you do it? Yeah. I mean, uh, you did ask me what I pair my cigars with. One thing that I do like to do um, 
and I'm going to do it right now. But uh, it works both with the Habano and the Connecticut. I actually like it a little bit better with the Connecticut myself. But and I don't know if you could see this, but this uh, Giardelli 72% dark yeah. chocolate, uh, which is relatively healthy for you. And no, I'm not paid by Giardelli or <laughs> or anybody like that. Uh, but it's just something, uh, um, a weird thing that I found while I was just experimenting with. Because I've never been a big eater while smoking a cigar. And someone's like, man, you should try chocolate or whatever with, with your cigar. Well, you know, sometimes when you're blending or whatever, you, you want to cleanse your palate. Sometimes chocolate's like an easy one that's nearby or whatever. Um, and another one actually I heard uh, was lime juice, which Corey and his brother Chris do on the Hot Ticket podcast. I haven't tried that. I don't know how ambitious I am uh, to try that. But, um, yeah, man, this dark chocolate, when you smoke, when you, like, take a bite of it and then smoke out of the Connecticut, just brings some wild flavors out, man. It's just, uh, it's really cool. So, That's, you've got the, uh, you've got the uh, Habano is what you're smoking? Yeah, I'm smoking yeah. the Habano, yeah. So. Uh, double Toro, oxidation. Yeah, that's, I've got the, uh, the Connecticut, the the bronze. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, so now uh, I you know I obviously heard your story on Hot Ticket Podcast. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, if if you want to give a quick rundown of of how you got started, uh, mm-hmm. you know that'd be cool. So. Yeah. Um. So started out as a blogger when I was still like my what I would call my uh, <laughs> my corporate days or whatever. So reviewed cigars, just a, a little site called the Sultans of Smoke. My buddy and I had this, uh, my buddy Drew and I had our, uh, our rating system based off of like uh, Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, and that's kind of how we rated our cigars. <laughs> so that kind of started to evolve a little bit started meeting more people. Um, then we started a podcast called the Sultans of Smoke, which I still do. Um, but within those opportunities, we, we were presented with a chance to make some cigars. And so we made uh, two cigars for our podcast with James Brown of Black Label Trading. When he was leaving his first factory and, and uh, they had just bought Oveja Negra, which is their new, new factory, I guess you can call it. You were. Yeah. And, uh, so uh, we did that with him, put out the cigars, kind of introduced me to the process. And I said, man, you know what? This is this is something I think I could do or I want to do. You know, maybe give it a shot. See, uh, see where it takes me. At this point, I was kind of over the whole corporate gig thing. And, and um, you know, it's never easy. You go to school, you study stuff, you you feel it's obligation to pursue, you know, a career path and whatnot. So it's never, it's always a battle, right? Okay. Do I really want to do this? Do I want to leave, I, you know, I worked all this time for this and that, and, you know, do I really want to take a chance on myself? And ultimately I decided I did. So I leaned on some of my contacts that I'd created through the blogging and podcasting and, and stuff like that. And went down to Nicaragua, man, and just kind of presented my case to people and, and what I wanted to do. And here we are. Yeah. Gotcha. So, 
Um, now, if I remember correctly, were you doing something with, uh, was it Mom, uh, M. or Mombacho? Mombacho. Yeah. So Mombacho is the factory that makes the cigars, Patina. And up until recently, I was representing both brands on the throughout the country. So I had Patina, and then I had Mombacho, and I was, you know, the uh, just kind of going out there and doing that. But uh, now I'm just concentrating solely on Patina. All right. So uh, no more with the Mombacho. No, no. Still, I mean, st- the cigars are still made at their factory, but as far as being on the road and what I'm, it's just Patina. Yep. Right on. So, uh, what else do you like to smoke other than uh, other than the patinas? Man, you know it's funny. I always get that question. Um, actually, it's been pretty consistent for a while. Probably for the past year and a half, two years, been pretty consistent with what I've been smoking. So, depending on what mood I'm in, if I want to go a lighter, whatever. I usually go in Luzioni Epernay. Um, if I want a broadleaf, I'll usually go Tatawahe broadleaf. You know, not no specific one, but just Kahonu 2012 or Seventh Reserva, something like that. Um, I go on a Cuban kick every once in a while, so I'll smoke. I really like Cohiba Robustos. Uh, those are. My favorite regular production Cubans. Um, and Byron's, if I'm feeling like I want to treat myself, I guess, on a consumer level, I'll smoke a Byron, um, which are made by Nelson Alfonso. Uh, I don't know if you heard of Byron's. No, okay, no, I haven't. Okay, they have very good cigars. So would I, I cover all of them? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll smoke Davidoff Avo once in a while uh, when I get in that mood. Um, but yeah, by and large, yeah, that, that kind of encompasses it. Obviously, I smoke Mombacho stuff, too. Uh, but yeah, but that's pretty much it. Lately, anyway, I'm trying to think if, yeah, that's pretty much been it mostly recently. So I mean, other than that, um, you pretty much just nailed down what you like with the patinas, and are, is that what you mainly smoke uh, in general? Uh, yeah. So you know, I I'm not a huge believer in um, I'll take flavor over strength any day. So if I could get a fuller flavor profile from a cigar that won't knock me on my butt, I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I've tried to go for with Patina. That's what I like to smoke myself on a daily basis. Um, and that's just kind of what we shoot for, man. It's, it's pretty simple. It's a simple, simple formula, but like I've told a lot of people, it, there's so much stuff out there right now that's really good. So you have to come up with something that can stand on its own. Like if you take the band off of that Connecticut, I want you to be able to tell 
that that's a patina Connecticut. Like, let's say I put out three, four cigars in front of you, take the bands off, they're all Connecticut wrap cigars. I want you to be able to pick out the patina without me telling you. I gotcha. And, and you know, that's kind of like what I shoot for. So if you like that profile Connecticut, you can't really go into the humidor and pick out another Connecticut like it. It's either you, you have the patina Connecticut or you just have a bunch of other Connecticut's. Not to say that those Connecticut's aren't great cigars because they are, but. You just have your own you flavor have, profile. Exactly. Because the reality of the situation is this, bro. If somebody could walk in and, and a patina Connecticut or patina Habano tastes like three or four other Connecticut or Habanos, I'm dead in the water. My brand is too small. I can't survive. So I have to have a unique profile in order to get people's attention. And that, that's what it's about. That are the best marketing on the planet. And I don't have that. As you can tell, I have six, plain 16 count boxes, but that's the thing. I'm not here to deceive people into thinking that they're getting some smoke the cigar and that's it. Yeah. And that's pretty much the most respectable way to, to go about it in, in this community. But I will tell you this, it's going to be the slowest way to grow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. But that's okay. Because when you grow slowly, you, you grow the right way because you learn, you learn lessons in every stage of growth. So like if I go from level one to like 10, I'm missing the lessons of levels two through nine. Yeah. Right. So if I don't have that, those lessons or that experience, I'm easier or I have a more likely, um, or I'm more likely to fall prey to making bad decisions. But if I'm learning as I go along in each step of the growth process, I'm learning something. I take that knowledge to the next level of growth that I achieve. So I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. And, uh, but it just can't grow too slow. Then, you know, then that's, that sucks too. <laughs> it's still got bills to pay. Right. That's right. That's no, it's, at. Yeah. It's definitely better to have the organic growth. Uh, Cause that, you know, like you said, if it's one to 10, uh, you, you could peak really early and just fall off. Uh, whereas, you know, with that slow growth, you're you're building steady, dedicated uh, clientele. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you want your consumer base to grow with your brand, too. You know, one question I get a lot is, oh, when's something new coming out? When's something new coming out? Well, unfortunately, Patina is still new to a lot of people. <laughs> so yeah. there's... Um, so I am working on stuff, but that um, that'll come out at the right time. Yeah. So, so your uh, your podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, did you say? I know you didn't say it now, but I think uh, on the hot ticket, did you mention that it's with uh, Danny Vasquez or? Yeah, Roma Craft, Danny, uh, my buddy Drew, and uh, the the gentleman know, affectionately known on Instagram as Moo Cow Rich. Um. You know, I joke with him, but he he's for, he's turned his Instagram page into quite like a nice influencer page uh, for a guy who literally just posts cigars. You know, there, there's no uh, sexy shots of him or anything like that. It's just all <laughs> cigars and a little bit of alcohol mixed in and he gets the job done. But um, yeah, man, we, we do it. And uh, between Danny and myself and, and Luke Cow and, and Drew, uh, it's pretty cool. So right on. 
Now, how long yeah. have you been doing that? Oh, man. Uh, we've been doing the podcast since, I want to say the beginning of 2016. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been about three years. Now, we took a hiatus um, when I when I kind of launched Patina. So, um, but now that I have a better feel for my schedule and, you know, I've kind of acclimated myself to it, uh, we, we've been a lot more consistent. So, yeah, we picked it back up um, on a consistent basis about a quarter of the way through last year, I think. So how the hell do you guys coordinate your schedules uh, with, with both of you being out on the road most of the time and, uh, you know, doing your yeah. own thing? Yeah, so Danny Danny actually does most of his stuff in the office. He's mostly by phone. Um, as far as me, uh, we do our podcast on Mondays. And the majority of the time I try to travel on Tuesday. I try to avoid Monday travel, and I'll travel on Tuesdays usually. Um, so it kind of works out. You know, unless and because you know, in Scarborough, most events are not on Mondays or anything like that, so you can get away with with doing that. Yeah, yeah. smart planning. So, yeah, it works. But yeah, for four people, it's it's often tough. <laughs> so, uh, what region do you like to travel to the most as far as uh, cigar relations? Hmm. Man, believe it or not, that's a loaded question. Uh, that's, I mean, as as unbiased as you could possibly be. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know. Um, obviously, from a weather perspective and scenic perspective, you know, Southern California is going to take the cake on that. Um, in terms of uh, where I have the most fun, probably Philly. Yeah, uh, Philly, Philly, Philly or Arizona, because um, the people uh, I've gotten a lot of support from the guys in Philly, man, especially like Smoke Cigar Lounge and Maniunk and and their customers. Uh, it's owned by a, a gentleman named Costa and his manager, Eli, and, and their customers um, have really gotten behind the brand. Um, Arizona, because in my opinion, uh, and there's some other great shops in Philly, Cigar Mojo, B&B, um, uh, Harry Smoke Shop, Little Taste of Cuba, all of these shops um, in Gilbertsville uh, Cigar Factory. All of these shops are awesome cigar guy shops. And that's the one thing that we talk about on my podcast a lot is cigar smokers versus guys who smoke cigars. Yeah. Um, and there's a difference. And so, and when I say guys, I mean women too, because we are seeing a lot more women enter the cigar market. Yeah. Um, which is great. Uh, but Arizona to me is the most underrated cigar uh, market in the entire country. I think people don't know about it, but you're talking about 60 plus shops in between Phoenix, Scottsdale, Mesa, Tucson, whatever. And the retailers are good retailers. Yeah. So it really works out well. Um, next week, speaking of, I have an event in New Jersey with a great retailer, which is Smoking Dog in Maple Shade, New Jersey, which is across the river from Philly. So it's kind of Philly. Uh, but that'll be fun. Good guy. Uh, Lewis is the manager there. He's a great guy. 
but there are certain places you definitely, yeah, man, you look forward to going there um, because uh, you just love the vibe. And and being from Chicago, um, first of all, half of Chicago, I think, lives in Arizona now. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's about kind of uh, just having that same personality type, you know, the ribbing, the talking crap, the, you know, the, uh, the it works. The, the not getting but, offended about everything that anybody says. Right, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and, and then, in, you know, Southern California, obviously, besides the weather, uh, you know, there's a crew of guys at Old Town Havana in Orange, uh, California, which is just great dudes. Uh, Buds is the owner there, and, uh, and uh, his customers are awesome, man. So we just have a great time, you know. It's about where you click, right? Yep. So, yeah, it's what we do. No, the only, the only spot that I've ever been – Outside of Philly was uh, in Yardley, Pennsylvania, and that was uh, the Cigar Barn. Mm. But that's uh, I was out there for you know our our group does a a yearly gathering of cigar palooza, and um, you know my buddy out in Philly uh, mm-hmm. and Yardley more specific, he hosted it the one year, and then okay. uh, um, let's see, this upcoming year uh, is going to be Pittsburgh. And we're actually okay. we're actually going to a uh, Cubs Pirates game, so oh, is that right? Yeah, so like he he planned that really well, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So I heard that field is awesome. Yeah, that's what I hear as well. The so PNC I'm Park. I'm excited. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that'd be cool. But yeah, last year it was uh, um, south of Austin in Buda, Texas. Um, that's if you're ever if you're ever out in that area, check out the Cigar Vault. Um, oh, okay. I've, I've mentioned it on here a couple of times cause that's, that's where I was at, you know, this past September, uh, yeah, yeah. just, a a really awesome group of people that, that hang around that joint. And, um, you know, uh, not, not that it would interest you that much, but all local beers on tap and BYOB bottles and, you yeah. know, uh, but the, the selection, he, he's got a really, really cool selection in this little, what what was the original vault of this bank? Uh, this like, you know, late 1800s, early 1900s bank. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, they do, they do a really good job and they've, they, they've got a pretty good selection in that little vault. So. I, I've heard of that place. Uh, I've never been there, but that, that's really, that's fascinating. That, that'd be pretty cool to check out. Now, is that mostly a boutique shop or do they? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, okay. a, a lot of boutique stuff. I got so you. Okay. that's uh, I'll I'll give you some contact info afterwards if you want to get a hold of them. Cool, man. Thank you. But yeah, that's I've I've actually got got a shipment coming in from him. He's shipping it out tomorrow. So no, uh, okay. Let me ask you this. Not that I'm interviewing you, but what the hell? Let's just you know you know we're I, I, I try not to do that much of an interview format. So you know perfect. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna talk like friends here. So. Uh, <laughs> You, how often do you buy online or through call, you know, calling a shop or whatever? How often do you do that? And um, do you try to find the cigar that you're looking for local first? Or do you just, you know what, man, if if my local doesn't have it, I'm just going to order it. I mean, the, the most of my bulk sales are done online. Um, Okay. Uh, something new, I'm definitely going to try to find it at the B&M first. Uh, yep. and you know, even if it's the normal run of the, you know, if I, if I get a feeling for something, 
Uh, or if I just, you know, cause I mean, anytime I go to the B and M, uh, sit in the lounge, you know, I'm not just going to bring my own cigars and, and light up, you know, I'm definitely going to buy something. So, sure. you know, usually in that case, it's, um, you know, one extreme to the other, I'm either going to get something tried and true, or I'm going to see what's just hitting the humidor and, you know, go yeah. that route. Uh, and you know, like I said, with the, with the order from, uh, the cigar vault, uh, you know, that's, uh, Next to that's, you know, pretty much next to online pricing is, you know, what it is yeah. really. So, uh, can you're still actually ordering from a B and M though? Yeah, exactly. So still, still supporting the B and M with, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, I it's a little bit extra than than regular online shopping, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I said, being able to support the B and M, you know, at that at that small level of premium. Sure. You know that I've got no problem with that at all. Yeah, I hear you, man. Yeah, I'm a whether it's online or being on, man. I'm a big believer that you support the guys that do it right. Yeah, and so um, you know, there, there's some really whether it's being on or online. There's some guys that really, really do a nice job, and and it's good to see when people reward them for that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's good. That's uh, you are you online or no? Um, yeah, uh, small batch, uh, Janice Tabak, um, Atlantic, and really that's about it. You know, Cigars Daily had it for a little while. I don't know if they still do. They might. Um, Cigar Federation had it, but they do not anymore. Um, uh, Casa de Monte Cristo in Chicago has it on their online, so CDM Cigars. Yeah. Um, but that's about it, man. I mean, there are some guys that'll ship, like B&M's, like Smoke, Manny Uncle will ship, Embargo and Phoenix will ship, uh, B&B Vince will ship uh, pretty easily and regularly. Old Town Havana and Orange will ship. Um, but, yeah, man, not not huge on trying to do, you know, get on every online site. You know, I'm, I'm more B&M focused. Oh, that's, I don't think you have to really be on every every site because uh, i mean you know you do have you do have the uh, the followers you know you do have the uh your, your regular clientele and i mean right. in, in all reality uh word of mouth is going to be like the biggest part of of that organic growth uh instead of seeing some Certainly. some blowout special on ci or some shit uh, right right you know i'd i'd rather hear it from from johnny over here that patina's some uh makes some great cigars than see right um a blowout for patina for you know 35 bucks for a 10 pack or some shit right so. you know it's funny man because i'd asked this on my on my instagram the other day i said what what really drives you to try a cigar and what a lot of people said was if i see somebody i trust smoking it or recommending it to me then I'll, I'm more likely to give it a shot. Now, I think it's twofold. I think that's definitely one of them. I think in the cigar world, a paid influencer or, or somebody that is cigar consumers, we consider to be kind of a bought uh, person that they're posting certain cigars because they're getting something out of it. Um, but I think that it comes down to having somebody you trust that posts that cigar or talks about it but also the frequency in which you see that cigar popping up. So for example, if I see, if I'm a consumer and I, man, I'm on Instagram, I'm looking at cigars 
hey man, like five or six people posted this patina cigar that I've never heard of. Hmm, okay, what's that? Fine, you don't think much of it. The next day you go, man, there's another couple posted this patina cigar I've never seen before. And the next day, and the next day. All of a sudden, you're, it's human nature, you're gonna get curious, especially if you're a cigar person, and you like to try new things or things you've never heard of. And let's face it, we all like to be that person that, uh, kind of identifies that next brand that all of me and my buddies smoke. We all like being that guy. Yeah. Come on, let's be yeah. And so, um, yeah, man, I think there's something to that too. So I think it's twofold. The more people see it and on top of it, seeing people they trust smoking, that's huge. Yeah, for sure. So when you're not traveling, what do you got going on? Uh, just hanging out with the family or what do you like to do outside of work? You know, smoke cigars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, smoke cigars. Man, I, I'm looking forward to baseball. See, I'm going to try to get some more games this year. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of on the docket. You know, just uh, try to do a little bit more this year than I did last year. Try to go some more games and just kind of enjoy being outside. Stuff like that. So with the man, cigars. Sorry, what was that? It's pretty boring. Yeah, pretty boring existence. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're smoke when you're smoking cigars, are you doing it more relaxation or more research? Is it fifty fifty? Um, you know, what's oh, what's the ratio there? Dude, man, you know that's the thing. I oh, I'm a big believer that you can't let your palate become stagnant. So I'm, that, when you ask me what else do I smoke, I smoke everything. If I see something new that comes out that kind of piques my interest, I'm smoking it because I want to see what else is out there. I want to see what other people are doing. Um, and, and draw inspiration from some of that too. You know, like, oh man, I like that. I like this. I like that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, lately I've been on a big, uh, so I never watched Breaking Bad when it came out or when it was on. The Quesada uh, Heisenbergs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm finally, um, I'm finally watching that. I'm on the fifth season now. Uh, so yeah, that, that's been kind of fun, um, doing that whole thing. That's, um, I'm holding up the, the Heisenberg box. Oh, that's real. Yeah. That's great. Uh, they're, they're great, man. These, these were the four by 43s. Okay. Stata came out with a cigar called the Heisenberg. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. No kidding. Um, that's great. That's it was uh I forget I think uh Sirius had had you know one of those blowouts and it was four four different sizes of uh quesadas. Uh like one of them was a dagger, the Heisenberg, um and then the Molotov and something else. But uh like eleven, twelve bucks a box of ten for, for each of them. That's great. So like I picked up a box of each. And um like I said, these these uh these little Heisenbergs were fantastic. Like I, I'm, I'm, right? I'm out of them now. I'm, you know, going to be picking up some more. That and the uh, the Molotovs, the the mm-hmm. Molotovs really, really struck a fancy with me. Sure, I, I will tell you, it's fun um, it, when you go across the country. You know, not everything, you know, what's popular in one part of the country is not always popular in another part of the country. So you see sometimes you find some really, really cool stuff at some of these shops that 
just for one reason or other didn't sell in a region and sold better in another region. So uh, I get to find some really cool stuff once in a while. Yeah. So that's good cool too. Well, it's, I mean, we've talked about it before, but uh, when it comes to, you know, region to region, it's, you know, the same thing from shop to shop. You know, this this shop has this profile, and mm-hmm. the shop down the road is just completely different, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I always tell you, man, in the cigar world, five, ten miles, you might as well be in another country. Yeah. You know, if you're a cigar shop-wise, cigar shop so, you know. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a pretty fascinating community for sure. It really is, man. It really is. Sorry, I didn't I didn't mean to catch you uh, uh cut you off with the uh Breaking Bad. I thought that's where you were going with it. I thought you were going to mention the uh the cigar because you were talking about smoking no, different cigars and, and No, that's uh, great that you uh that you brought that to my attention. I might have to try to seek some of those out, but Yeah. Well, I'm actually the actual show. So um yeah, I'm finally getting to watch that, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. That's, I'm so far behind on anything popular. Uh, oh yeah, it, it's pretty pathetic. So. Yeah, it's like a it's like a two three. Well, in this case, five year lag, six year lag. Yeah, on this stuff. So that's uh, the, the another podcast had a had a question up on Twitter the other day of um, you know like are are you going to see Captain Marvel this weekend or are you going to wait you know this and that it's like I'll. I'll probably see it in about a year and a half or so. That seems sure. to be uh, that seems to be about the the time frame and when I finally get to see a new Marvel movie, you know. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, any anything for that matter. That's right. You know, I'll, I'll probably start watching Game of Thrones in about a decade or so. Sure. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably one of the only shows I'm actually current on. Um, that's a good show. That reels you in. That's Game of Thrones. I've never seen an episode. Um, never seen an episode of Breaking Bad. Uh, oh, yeah. That's I. I really don't watch anything. So yeah, yeah. As you can tell, it takes me a while to get around to it. That's for sure. Yeah. But I mean, I'm okay with that. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Mo- most of my entertainment comes in the form of podcasts while I'm at work. So. Mm-hmm. Um. I can't watch TV while I'm at work, but I could. I could listen to something. So. Sure. Sure. Makes sense. So how long has uh, Patina been around now? Uh, two years? Um, officially for the official like nationwide release was May 2017. So almost two years. All right. That was, that was pretty close there. Yeah. So, <laughs> we're almost at the two-year anniversary. Not quite, though, yet. Yeah. Doing anything planned for that? or? Uh-uh. No. <laughs> Talk to me if I get to five. Then it's something you can celebrate. Yeah. All right. Five okay. is uh, five is a good one to uh, to kind of look back and reflect and, and celebrate a little bit. But yeah. uh, too early at this point. Got a lot more I want to accomplish, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, are you are you in your your house there? Are you smoke inside? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You got a whole little setup. You got the air purifier going. You get the, uh, you know, the couches covered up. You get, uh, you know, you crack the windows a little bit. And, you know, it, it's not that bad. And then you use the OZM to kind of spray stuff down. So. <laughs> I think that's what it's called, something like that. Yeah, it's, I mean, this is just a corner in my garage. I, you know, eventually I plan on doing the whole garage in the same fashion. But, mm-hmm. you know, someday. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, baby steps. I I thought you were. I mean, I thought you were like in a uh, like your living room or something. I was like, that's ambitious. No. Looks good. <laughs> you did a nice job. I wouldn't have thought. Uh, wouldn't have thought it was the garage. That's for sure. No, uh, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, you know definitely budget friendly. Uh, it's all oh, just black. I, I call it the black flannel studio. It's yeah. It's all it's all black flannel on the walls. That's the only reason it yeah. looks halfway decent. So. Yeah, man, you should get like Duluth Trading Company or Eddie Bauer to like sponsor your uh, man cave there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's, uh, you know, I was thinking more along the lines of Samsung and maybe get some, some nice equipment out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd help. But, yeah, so, um, let's see, I guess with that being said, like, uh, anything like I, you said you come from the corporate world. Uh, are you kind of like, staying away from that with uh with the cigars like you know becoming part of that corporate world again or oh yeah man i mean you know just the uh the ability to kind of do your own thing was something that i always wanted to do so this afforded me that and um hopefully even as i grow the lessons that i learned and stuff becoming too corporate i'll try to avoid um with patina um but also there are some things that are just um, uh, that are unavoidable as you get bigger. You know, you got to have more structure. You got to be a, a better oiled machine. Right now I can get away with, you know, kind of being uh, not as organized or structured. I use the word structured, but as things grow, you know, you, you got to grow with it. So yeah. anything. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I seen that with, um, I guess not not really a short time, but a short enough time in the in the company's uh, age. But you know, I was with yeah. Whole Foods for like six and a half years, and yeah. even, even in that short time, um, you know, it, you you see the change because there. Uh, when I was there, we had like a, a two year period where we more than doubled the stores that we supplied. So it was just this massive boom. And with that, yeah. I mean, you, you had to become more strict and people got pissed off and uh, butt hurt and everything. Uh, you know, oh, this isn't the same place that it was two years. It's like, yeah, but there's a reason for that. And sure, it's still a hell of a lot better than most places you're going to end up at, you know. Yeah. Now, were you were you there after Amazon bought it or? Yeah, I was there. I was there before and after. Uh, oh, OK, cool. So but I, I was at a distribution center, so. Uh, yeah. you know, we didn't, we didn't really feel the effects like the, the store did, uh, the, sure. the, the stores are a completely different place now. Uh, yeah. you know, uh, in my opinion, uh, at least the store by my house, uh, yeah. you know, they, in, in my opinion, they've pretty much lost the, the whole foods feel the, the atmosphere that, that they used mm -hmm. to have. Uh, you know, it's not, it, it just doesn't seem as, uh, as friendly and helpful anymore. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh my, my girlfriend's a big whole foods person so i'll have to ask her how she feels about that yeah um yeah i was never really a big whole foods person myself um but they've definitely risen in popularity yeah uh, so interesting yep but um yeah and that's i i've had uh you know a couple of my uh uh ex-co-workers here i had uh, i had my cool. old boss uh, mm -hmm. come on, come on once, uh, which is always entertaining. Uh, I, I was kind of surprised, like he didn't, he didn't really hold back about anything. So I, I was happy <laughs> about that. 
Uh, we we yeah. had a good conversation, but yeah. Um, yeah. They, what do they What do they call Whole Food? Like Whole Paycheck or yeah, something like yeah. that? Whole yeah, Paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you know what? Like in all honesty, like I'll I'll still I'll still go to bat for them because I mean, uh, yeah. You know, you're uh, most of this stuff. Uh, you know, if you're buying the the obscure specialty brands, like yeah, you're gonna pay for it, but. Uh, you know, if you're if you're going the the 365 route, the Whole Foods brand route, yeah, uh, it's it's actually um, as good, if not better, and it's pretty comparable in price uh, as far nice, as uh, yeah. as far as most uh, regular yeah. chain stores. So for sure, uh, that and I mean, for the most part, you just can't beat the produce and the meat. So yeah, which the yeah. meat the meat you're definitely going to pay a premium on, uh, right? But but that's okay. Yeah. That's okay, man. When it comes to stuff like that, I mean, it's like cigars, man. You know, unless you're wildly wealthy, you're going to have to pick and choose the things that you're going to place a premium on. Yeah. You know, for me, it's cigars and steak. Yeah. Got to be good steak, and it's got to be a good cigar. That's how I look at now, it. Now, so. I'll I'll say, like, I, I definitely do put a premium on cigars, but at the same time, I fucking slum it, you know. Um, that's, yeah. I mean, I generally smoke three cigars a day. Uh, so, is that right? Yeah, that's I'll, I'll, how do you do that? Uh, I I have like a you know like those Heisenbergs the the four by forty threes like those are yeah. those are perfect for on the way to or from work. Okay. Uh, so you know something on the smaller end, uh, to and mm-hmm. from work, uh, and uh, I'll I'll have something nice uh, for lunch. So mm-hmm. like if I if I actually have the time on lunch, then I'll I'll have a decent cigar instead of, but yeah, like usually the, uh, usually at least one of the day is, mm-hmm. um, just, a a Nicaraguan overrun from like cigar yeah, page. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. you know, two bucks a stick, they smoke fine. They taste all right. And, um, you know, I, I could afford doing that every day. So. Sure. Sure. I get that. Yeah, man. And that's what it comes down to, bro. I mean, you know, finding, um, cigars that hit your palate the right way that won't break your bank you know yeah like i said it's the reality for most cigar consumers is you can't just buy whatever you want whenever you want you know there's kind of got to be some give and take and you have different different levels within your humidor of uh of the stuff that you're smoking so yeah that goes for everybody myself included so oh that uh and you know the same could be said you know for a wine drinker or or even coffee i mean there's you know, boutique coffees coming out that are, you know, pretty ridiculous in price. Yeah, know. yeah. So. You know, there's one thing I wish that we had more of, like, in, in the Chicagoland area, I guess, is boutique coffee shops. Like where they roast it on site? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like it's like if you want to go get coffee, it's like, okay, Starbucks or Dunkin'. Yeah, pretty much. Now there's like a couple Pete's coffee, you know, sprouting out here and there, but. By and large, you have two options. That's I got a I got a small like hometown shop here in Griffith, uh, a few blocks yeah. from me. Uh, it's called the Grindhouse, and they, uh-huh. they've got some good stuff. But uh, yeah. normally the hours don't work for me. You know, I you know if well, I, there's that too. Yeah, yeah. A lot of those boutique uh, coffee places have these you know weird hours. You know where they they don't. Uh, well, stop. I think they have pretty standard operating hours, but. Uh, you know, if I if I'm going to work at seven a.m., uh, you know they're not open. You know, because I I leave the house at like five thirty. 
because uh, mm-hmm. I, I like being there early. Like I, I finished my probation up on uh, Sunday. So after that, I could take more chances and leave the house a little bit later. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. But um, at, or if I'm going to work at uh, eleven, because it's either seven to three, three to eleven, or eleven to seven. Um, yeah. I don't need coffee if I'm starting at three o'clock. Sure. So, uh, you know, I'm not stopping there then. Uh, if I'm starting at seven, they're not open early enough, and if I start yeah. at eleven, they're not open late enough. So. Yeah, I think. I want to say Starbucks opens at 6 a.m. And then there's a lot of Dunkin' Donuts that are 24 hours. So uh, I, I think most Starbucks open up at 5. Is that right? At 5 yeah. that early? Yeah. Wow. But, there you go. But, I mean, you know, hell, when I'm when I'm going to work in the morning, I just make my own. Uh, yeah. You no, know, it's not like yeah. I'm not looking for anything fancy. You know, it's just yeah. it's just black coffee in the morning. So. Yeah, yeah. Kind of get you powered up. So. Um. No, there are there are starting to be a couple of uh, online markets starting up for uh for like I, I don't know if you would call it boutique or not, but you know like Black Rifle and stuff like that. Yeah. So. So do you uh run into a lot of a lot of other uh I guess I, I don't know if owners would be the right word, but uh a lot a lot of uh I guess I guess you could say competition on the road. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And and I I don't want to use the word competition, but uh, I get I guess equals whatever. Uh, I, I definitely get what you're saying, and it's weird, man, because some of these guys have accomplished so much in this industry. So I definitely don't want to call them equals. Um, you know, competition, eh, I guess in a way, but not really. Everybody finds their niche, but I definitely get what you're saying. Uh, we'll, we'll call it. Uh, industry uh industry people yeah. so I see a lot. <laughs> that works um trying to think okay so i'm in this shop in california right uh near la the owner of the shop is um a dude from uh tinley park north tinley park yeah okay they grew up in tinley Owns this cigar shop out in Encino, California, where Scott Bayo Chachi hangs out. Okay. <laughs> so I'm sitting there. I'm talking to this guy from Tinley Park, which is right next to Orland Park, which is where I grew up the majority of my life. Um, and in walks in Andrew Brennan. And up until I think last week or the week before, Andrew Brennan was the national sales manager for Toro. Well, Andrew Brennan, who's on Instagram as AV the Host, he lives in Orland. So him and I live in the same town or whatever. And um, yeah, so it was kind of funny. Here's like a Tinley dude, an Orland dude, two Orland dudes sitting in a shop in, in L.A. So yeah. it was uh, kind of funny. But in terms of, um, you know, yeah, man, you run, you run into people here and there, but, but not really like. Not as much as I would have thought. Um, you'll, you'll see a lot of, re- like, if I'm in shops, I'm going from shop to shop, I'll see reps for other brands, but not so much like the actual principles of companies. So, so you're you're pretty much a one-man operation as far as uh, representation for, for Pertina, yeah. correct? Uh, I ha- So I have reps throughout the country, 
So like in each region, I have somebody that, that kind of covers that territory. So I travel with them, but in terms of like back office stuff and all of that, like when I'm home, you ask me, what do I do? My paperwork. That's, you know, catching up on that because, um, when I'm on the road, I, I, I gotta be in full like cigar and I'm not a sales guy by, by trade. So I have to like go into like this, like sales mode type, like trying to, build the brand and stuff so um you wear a lot of different hats man yeah but uh you know it's kind of interesting another story and i think i told this i may have told the story on hot ticket podcast but it was something that really uh was pretty damn cool i'm i'm out in the mid-atlantic region so like maryland virginia um uh where was the other Baltimore stuff like that, you know, Baltimore, Virginia, DC, those three areas were kind of, and it was a rough trip. And that, that, that market, when you're new, no one's heard of you. Um, you know, you're going in there and you're trying to, uh, but there is one retailer who does a great job with patina, which is called Tinderbox, Maryland, if anyone's ever out that way, but I'm kind of like, whatever. So I get a phone call from uh, our rep in the mid in the Midwest who covers our Midwest territory. And he's like, hey, I got, so he calls me up for it. He goes, hey, listen, I'm at, a, I'm at a, uh, a Room 101 event with Matt Booth. I just took the band off of your Habano and I gave it to him and he's going nuts. Talking about how there's the best cigar he smoked in a while. A couple hours later, I give, I'm literally walking into my hotel room. Rep calls me up again. And I hate calling him a rep because he's more like, he's actually a big reason why I even got into the business. His name is Michael Perales. Um, so Michael calls and he says, hey, I got somebody who wants to talk to you. Puts Matt Booth on the phone. And Matt Booth is like, hey, man, I just wanted to say thank you. That cigar was awesome. I enjoyed it. And he's like, I was smoking your cigar during my event. And it was awesome. <laughs> And to have like an industry legend, like a dude that's just been doing this for a long time and has been successful, not only in cigars, but jewelry and all of that, uh, for him to take the time out to call to a dude he's never even met, like I've never met Matt Booth before, um, was was pretty damn cool. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. You know, that was kind of like one of those, like, all right, a little bit of respect, you know, just to have that kind of respect from or, or love from somebody like that. Yeah, it meant a lot to me. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Uh, you mentioned uh, Scott Bayo. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you run into any any celebrities or anything in your travels? Or yeah, so funny story about Scott Bayo. Uh, so he ended up hanging out with us for about an hour and a half, and. Um, and so he's like, <laughs> mid-conversation just stops and he goes, dude, you could be a stunt double for Jimmy Kimmel, the way he tells me. <laughs> so I start laughing and he goes, uh, if he wasn't such a douchebag, I would call him up right now and tell him that uh, that he needs to hire you. And I just thought that was hilarious. But um, <laughs> in terms of meeting... Uh, not really. No, not really. Once in a great while, you'll be somewhere where, uh, um, if you want to call it a celebrity or something, will be. 
I've been to shops where the owners are like, oh, you know, so-and-so hangs out here, so-and-so hangs out here, but not this. Because you also have to understand that the majority of these shops we're visiting are during like the afternoons. So you'll start in the morning, you'll visit a, sh- a couple shops in the morning and a couple shops in the afternoon. And then unless the shop owner is going to be there late at night, you're wrapping up by, you know, late evening, let's call it. Uh, so you're not always going to be in, in shops at like their peak hours. Yeah. And yeah. you don't want to go in on weekends when they're busy. You want to try to visit shops, you know, your Monday through Thursday or Tuesday through Thursday, stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. It just doesn't really lend itself to maybe seeing some of the more famous people, I guess, that hang out at a place. So how do you decide what, what shops you're going to go to? Uh, like, I, I guess like, you know, locally here uh it's obviously easier for you to walk into plenty of uh local shops so mm-hmm. what 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 makes you decide all right i'm gonna i'm gonna stop into uh these three shops today uh i'm not necessarily gonna try to get into this one yeah so a lot of that comes on the rep so the rep becomes familiar with their area or their territory and all of these guys cover multiple states so they've got to be well-versed in this, each state that they cover, you know, in terms of, okay, this, this type of retailer will do good with boutiques. This type of retailer really focuses on, you know, Davidoff or bigger brands or like this guy's a big general, Altadis guy sells a lot of Romeos or Monte Cristos, whatever. And so you kind of, you know, that way is kind of where you start is what shops do we think that are, the cigar has a good chance to be successful in? That's a big part of it. And some people subscribe to the notion that, you know, you just go out and you try to open up as many accounts as you can and, and just do it that way. It's not necessarily the approach that I take though. Uh, You want to, the last thing you want to do is continually put your cigars in ill fit retailers. Not that they're bad retailers, but they're retailers that aren't right for your brand because not every retailer is right for your brand and you're not right for every retailer. You know, my cigars aren't going to do well in every retailer. That's just reality. Like you talked about different profiles. So it's really important because what you want to avoid more than anything is being put in discount bin. That's really what you want to try to avoid. And so there's a premium place in my opinion and how I run Patina on finding the right retailers that are actually going to give the cigar a fair chance. And I talk about this on, on you know, my podcast is I believe that there is a kind of like a social contract between the retailer and myself. I'm going to supply you with cigars that are consistent, well-constructed, good flavor at a fair price point that you could sell to your customer. In turn, you got to give them good shelf placement, try to put them in people's hands, or at least give them a prominent place in the humidor when you first bring them in. You know, like, hey, this is new. We have it in. Yeah. Don't just stick me on the bottom shelf, man. Patina's not big enough to survive that. So uh, it comes down to, like I said, it's a two-way street, man. So that that's – and then, dude, you get a vibe when you walk into a place. When you start talking to the manager, you talk to the owner, you get an idea of how it's going to be. Yeah. Generally, you're you're aiming for that – eye level for the first couple of weeks at least sure yeah and 
and not, and not so much even the eye level, man, but it's how they, it's how they place them. Like if they have a center Island and, and they feature certain cigars, why are you going to put yeah. that there? At least let people see it. Well, stuff like little stuff like that. It was a long way. And, uh, because what I found with patina is when you put it in people's hands, they're going to, they're going to buy it again. And if you let it sit on your shelf and no one's ever heard of it, there's only so much that, that you could do, uh, on the other end without being in the shop every single day. You know, our reps can't be in the shop every single day to push the brand. You know, you have to rely on the retailer introducing it to to their customer. You know, I, I level, I, I was saying, you know, the, the, the bands yeah. that you have, um, you know, the, the, the patina green, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, this is audio only, but I mean, you've seen me, uh, plus I, I sent you a couple of pictures before, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I stuck the, uh, I, I've got a, a model statue Liberty, yeah. um, sitting behind, uh, can sitting I behind post those now? Oh can yeah. I post yeah. Oh, that's, I can't? No, no, you can. Um, okay. Uh, that's, I, was, I was waiting for you to post them so that I could repost them. Then that way you kind of double dip. Yeah. And, no, that's, and, I, I was just waiting until we actually got together yeah. to, to do the episode. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be posting them. I've, I've, you know, no, that's, I've had them on hold for a while. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you post them and I'll repost them. That way, you know, you get, uh, you get your followers plus my followers and. Absolutely. Appreciate it. So, yeah. That's good, man. That's how you do it, bro. It's, it's, this industry is built on people helping, you know, I, I call it the Chicago way, but you help me, I help you. And then we're both, and we're both better off in the end. Yeah. And that's, I mean, the, the, the whole community is, is like that. Uh, you, you see that in, in any good cigar group or anything, you just see like the, mm-hmm. the absolute most generous people, um, you know, in, in this community. Uh, that that that, yeah. that that true cigar culture, um, mm-hmm. and hell, it's not just uh, it's not just cigars either. That's uh, you know one 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 guy on Instagram. His daughter was sick for a while, and she was just getting into books. And another cigar smoker uh, sent his daughter a a twenty pack of Dr. Seuss books. You know, is along, that right? Along with some cigars for dad. Sure. Um, but I mean, you know, seeing stuff like that, just you know. Uh, really really makes you realize that there there are well for one there's still good people out there and and for two um yeah. a, a lot of those people are in the cigar community you know oh yeah no uh, very very generous community yeah for sure whereas uh you know uh, any outsiders probably look at you know the average cigar smokers like oh look at this guy you know fucking, yeah this this hoity-toity motherfucker uh with, yeah, with, yeah. with a cigar and uh he, he must be some hot shot you know no. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely not. No, it's not the case. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, um for such a generous community, man, we get we get vilified a lot. You know, we get we get tossed into this like anti tobacco movement and uh people just really don't understand cigar. They don't understand premium cigars and yeah. what goes into them and the artisanal aspect of it. And uh it's sad. That's sad because cigars used to mean uh, a certain level of class and, and prestige and and now it's looked at as like you're almost like a villain if you smoke cigars. Well, I think I think in some respects it still is looked at as you know as, as a high class type thing. Sure. But, but 
when you get into the politics of it, that's when it's looked right. at as, you know, something bad, you know, right, right. Try, trying to say that, you know, premium cigars are aiming towards uh, minors. Uh, mean, meanwhile, everybody's praising a brewery out of Vermont or wherever that came out with a fucking Fruit Loops beer, you know. Bro, how many, how many minors do you know? Let's just put aside the fact that it's a cigar. I don't know any. How many miners do you know have the patience exactly. to sit down and smoke a cigar? Forget everything else. No, even that. Like, how many miners that are going to cut it open and, and fill it with something else? Like, how many of them are going to spend 10 bucks to do that? Like, none of them. You'd be an absolute idiot. Yeah. Uh, but no, that's, yeah. I mean, hell, I, I've never even thought about the, the patience aspect of, of a miner sitting there to smoke a cigar for an hour, two hours. <laughs> Uh, yeah. you know, I, I've always looked at it as the price aspect, you know, it's a lot easier for, oh, well, yeah, there's, there's that too, but, but you know, there's, I mean, if you want to just even break it down to a, a age level thing, yeah, kids aren't going to sit there in between, you know, uh, their Xbox live games and light up a cigar for two hours, and then get back to their video games. They're yeah. just not going to do that. And, and you can't play the game while you're smoking it because it, you know, no. you got to be focused no. on that game. That's right. You're gonna, you know, they're not going to sit there like skateboarding with their friends and oh, here, let me have a cigar real quick in between yeah. this run. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> but yeah, that's Whatever. you know that that that's where that's where it gets uh, a bad rap for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, it, it it really did piss me off uh, a couple weeks ago when they when when every news channel and it was trending on all the social medias. Uh, you know, this this new beer tastes like the milk after a bowl of fruit loops or I, i'm sorry lucky charms it was it was lucky charms yeah, yeah. uh you know some shit like that and it's like you know the, the, this brewery's getting praised for this when all right if you put hell i don't care put a flavored premium cigar next to that beer you tell me which one the kids are going to pick that's right you know 100%. you know that's i mean that, that that's the way that i'm looking at it anyway right but, I got to crack open a bottle versus I got to sit here, cut this, figure out a way to light it. And yeah. Then... <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, definitely too much involved. <laughs> yeah. And, and, exactly. and then uh, they'll light it and they'll probably think, well, this tastes like shit. And, and, yeah, exactly. and, and toss it, you know. And chuck it. That's right. So, I don't know. It is what it is. That's hopefully, hopefully, um, it starts trending in the right way. Um, you know, I can't imagine if, uh, if the FDA ends up going the route of, uh, you know, a hundred thousand dollars per blend. Uh, I, I I can't imagine, uh, too many people like yourself and and others are are going to fare well with that. Yeah. It's going to be tough, man. And, um, but I I don't, you know, the real, even they understand, I think, that they're not 100% sure how to approach cigars. And I think that's why we keep getting a lot of stuff delayed in terms of the requirements for cigars. Yeah. Because what I, what I believe is happening, they're realizing that they can't just treat it like cigarette. And when these things were enacted, I, I don't even think they knew. I don't think they even meant premium cigars. And now that it got lumped into it, I don't think they know what to do because if they were under the impression that it was going to be just like cigarettes, then they're gravely mistaken. Yeah. There is a whole different way you're going to have to approach premium cigars. And I don't think they really know how to do or are prepared for. 
So even the HPHC testing that they want to do or whatever it is, their whole testing plan is what they do for cigarettes, you know, or similar to it. Yeah. Well, they're not testing cigarettes. Yeah. That, and I mean, cigarettes. All right. So you've got, uh, we'll say any major brand is Mm going to have, we'll, we'll, we'll say four, four types. You're going to have menthol, non-menthol, menthol light and light. Uh, so, Mm -hmm. all right. So for, for your whole business, you're going to spend $400,000 to, to get that tested. Whereas in, in the cigar industry, um, Every every blend has how many different botolas, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So e- even just per blend, you're looking at you know four or five. Um, you know, sometimes my, more, sometimes my less. My understanding, my understanding on that is, it won't be by vitola; it'll be by blend. Okay. See, I I thought at first it was uh, it was Originally, every size. I, I think it is by blend, but I. Man, I haven't up, I haven't been updated in a little while, so I'm not 100 percent sure. I would have to look into that, or maybe it is by Vito- by skew. It's by skew. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Yep. So, by skew. So as far as that goes, um, I mean, uh, not that it's a bad. Well, let thing. me tell you this: you're going to see a lot more robusto toro if that happens. <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah. You know those uh those Corona Gordas we all love and stuff like that is cigar nerds. That yep. shit's going away. <laughs> yeah. So like, as far as that goes, um, like, you know, definitely not in a bad way, but I mean, you're, you're not a conglomerate. You're not the, you're not a giant player. Um, so how, how are you preparing for like, you know, essentially the worst? Uh, do you have like a, do you have a plan for it or are you just kind of yeah. like, you know, Expect the worst hope. Fingers. Yeah, ex- expect no, the worst hope know, for the best. No, you you, you kind of create a rainy day fund. Uh, understand that this may happen. Um, the other part of it is, you know, you're going to look at your sales. You're going to look at what you really sell. And with me, for with eight SKUs right now, that's not very hard to tell. And so as I get bigger, yeah, that's going to become more of it. Because, you know, if somebody put a gun to my head tomorrow and said, all right, well, the testing's coming. This is how much it's going to cost. Well, guess what? My Churchill, my Double Toro, my Corona, that's that's gone. Because yeah. you're going to, what are you going to do? You're going to pick the sizes that you know are going to move, which are Robusto Toro. So you're going to see less sizes. Um, that would be one way. I, you know, but, but there's a million different ways you can kind of approach it, but. I think that's what you would see across the industry is people are going to pick and choose what's worth testing. Yeah. That's it. So, so you and the mentioned- Churchill is the best size in the Connecticut, in my opinion. No. Yeah. If you're going to smoke the Connecticut, get a Churchill. All right. That's I, I haven't had the Churchill yet. So. Try it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, generally, uh, I mean, at least, Nowadays, you know, I generally tend to uh, stick to the uh, more more the mid range size. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I, I definitely don't go for the big ring gauge anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, hell. I even some of my some of my old school favorites. I I can't smoke them anymore because it's just like this is this is just too fucking big. You know. Oh yeah, man. I mean, dude, your palate. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, if I if I look at stuff that I bought three four years ago. 
five years ago, I'm like, dude, I wouldn't smoke this now. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I, I, I think that that, you know, most of that is, uh, you know, due to the palate, uh, you know, of course. when, when you're getting those, those six by sixties and whatnot, you know, just the, the amount of filler and whatnot that, you know, definitely affects the flavor. So sure. Yeah. But, anything, um, anything, uh, big planned for the future or no? Day by day, man. Yeah. You know, you see where inspiration takes you. If you would have told me that the Connecticut would have done what it's done, I'd have laughed at your face because I'm before the patina in Connecticut, I was never a Connecticut guy. Yeah. I mean, and that is that's how I knew it had a chance to be different because it was a Connecticut that I'd actually smoked. When we were done, you know, working on that cigar, it was like, holy shit, you know, this transcends so many bound boundaries, you know, you really can't lump it into something. And um, even though I, I myself smoke more Habano, but still that, that Connecticut's special. So my point in it, well, okay, let's rewind even more than that. If you would have ever told me, 10 years ago that I'd be in the cigar industry right now with a brand called Patina, I'd probably laugh at you and be like, dude, what are you talking about? Yeah. So uh, we can plan all we want, but the reality is you kind of go where, where life takes you and where inspiration takes you and, and just try to do it your way. Because if I try to do it like everybody else, I'm not going to be in the industry that long. So it's got to be, it's got to be unique, man. Yeah. So that's the only thing I could promise you. So how did you get started in just cigars in general? Like not, not your own thing, not uh, Mombacho, but how did you get started yeah. in, in just enjoying a cigar? Yeah, my older brother, my oldest brother, I should say. Yeah, he, my first cigar I ever smoked was before, do you remember the, um, what was it called back in the day, the World Music Theater, remember that in Tinley? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I go to my first concert there when I'm 18, a Tom Petty concert. So this was 2000, 2001. And, you know, at that time, a lot of people start kind of, you know, boozing at that age. You know, they get the whatever. So obviously I didn't do that. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go get a cigar. Because cigars always fascinated me. So I go into this cigar shop and I grab uh, Arturo Fuente, a Chateau, double Chateau. And that's what I smoked during the Petty concert. We're sitting, you know, on the lawn. And, uh, that's kind of how I got started, man. That yeah. was my first premium cigar. Yeah. I think, uh, premium wise, uh, Fuente was definitely a big one. Uh, when I, when I got into the, the premium life, um, you know, that's my, my dad started smoking cigars and, you know, Fuente was his brand. And, uh, whenever he would come into town or we would go visit them, you know, he'd, he'd, give me and my brother a handful of cigars and whatnot. Most of the time it was Fuentes. And, um, in my opinion, I think, uh, that's, that's one of the, one of the best cigars to get started on. If, if you're looking to get into the hobby, um, or, or, or if not, uh, uh, just, just in general, because it's, it's not a strong cigar. It's not going to overpower you, uh, with strength or flavor. Um, and you know, I, I've heard, uh, I mean, hell, uh, 
Chris and Corey are definitely not fans of Fuente at all. Um, you know, they've, they, they've made that quite clear. <laughs> um, but you know, I've, I've never had any problems with them. Like, uh, you know, like yeah. they've described and everything. Uh, so I, yeah. I, I still recommend them to, uh, to anyone that's, that's, uh, you know, interested and whatnot. Uh, but now there's, Absolutely. there's definitely a lot more options now for, for people that are, that are just, just wanting to get involved mm-hmm. in it for sure. So. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're talking back then, dude, it was, I mean, it was the staples of the industry, you know, the, right. the, the Fuentes, yeah. the Monies, the, the Romeos, right. you know, yeah. uh, or, you know, um, you know, when, when you're a kid at the pool hall, it's Swisher Sweets, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's, and that, that, that's how I got started. So, mm-hmm. but so I don't know. Um, trying to think of anything else. I don't know. Uh, kind of hit on a lot of stuff. Kind of funny. Yeah, it's it's amazing how these conversations just take these like turns, you know. Yeah. Well, that's I. Uh, I was at Ristafari uh, last weekend. Oh yeah, JSK. Yeah. And yeah. I was sitting there talking to a guy, and uh, he was asking me about the show. And, you know, he's like, yeah, so, you know, what do you do to prepare? I was like, I don't I do not do anything to prepare, man. Like, I just fucking yeah. wing it. Uh, yeah. You know, that's I, I told him, um, you know, like, I, I, got to, I got to talk to the guitarist from one of my favorite bands, Zebrahead. Um, and I was like, you know, I, I only had one question that I knew I wanted to ask him uh, beforehand. And... No. Uh, hell, we talked for you know a little over two hours, um, and yeah, I I don't know because like I said earlier, I I don't try to do like a a complete like interview format. I'd rather just have a fucking conversation. So yeah, I'm with you, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, Risty, uh, Risty lives not far from you, right? Yeah, he's not far from you. Oh, so it's, yeah. that that's I I meant to ask. Um, you know, when you were starting off with Patina, uh, mm-hmm. did, did you start off uh, locally in the Chicago area, or did you uh, kind of, you know, were, were you more prominent in the Chicago area, or did, were you branched out like from the get go? Um, pretty branched out. Pretty branched out, man. To be honest, just because the way we had the broker network. Um, no, I never, I never really because I used to work for the guys that owned Casa de Monte Cristo, um, you know, they, they really ran with the cigar because I was their boy, man. You know, like I used to work for them. Yeah. Um, cause when I left my corporate job and I was waiting for Patina to launch, I managed one of their shops in forest park. And, uh, so, you know, man, when the cigars came out, they just ran within a lot of other Chicago retailers, retailers were kind of like, eh, you know, he's kind of their boy. Um, and with four shops, you know, it's kind of like, okay. But then when I, when, when I got into Benny's, that really, that really helped my, my Chicago reach big time. I could definitely see that. So, yeah. So, <laughs> um, Benny's has been a huge supporter of the brand and of me. And so, uh, you know, you never forget that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, 
any any commercial opportunities with uh, Tony Esposito at all or <laughs> Tony Esposito? No, I don't think so. Uh, he was doing the the Benny's commercials for a while. Yeah, you know, actually, funny. You know who smokes my cigars all the time? Uh, two guys that you may have uh, not two guys smoke shop in uh, New Hampshire, although they have the cigars, but um, <laughs> is uh, Dennis Savard. Yeah. And uh, Brad Biggs, the beat writer for the Bears. Oh, all right. Yeah, Brad Biggs is a huge patina guy. So um, when you're asking me about like celebrities or whatever, but yeah, those two guys smoke a crap ton of patina. Have you ever met Denny? No. So funny enough, um, I've never gotten to meet him. I've left him a T-shirt at Casa. That never got to him because one of the one of the guys that worked there gave it to the wrong dentist. Um, <laughs> funny story. Uh, so that's okay. But uh, no, I still got to get him a T-shirt. But yeah, he smokes a lot of patina. And uh, Brad, I've met. Yeah, I've actually hung out with Brad a few times. Yeah. Good dude. Yeah, dude, I, I would definitely love to meet Denny. That that would yeah. be that would be pretty intense. Uh, oh yeah. That and um, you know Q. Um, mm-hmm. I, I remember the one, one time I was out at, uh, Casa and they, they had the sign in the humidor, uh, just, you know, these are coach Q's favorite smokes. Uh, yeah. He used to smoke a lot of those B 52s and 56s or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, it's like, man, I would fucking love to run into him, you know, uh, it's going to be a lot harder now, Yeah, but yeah. yeah, he used to be there. Um, he used to be there. I'm not going to say regularly, but he'd be there once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, him and um, that guy, the actor Joe Montana, yeah. he hangs out at Casa sometimes. Nice. And R. Kelly used to hang out there all the time until recent events. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's gonna be around uh, too much. He's got bigger issues. Um, <laughs> but he's yeah, fighting for he his life, to, right? So he used to uh, hang out there too. So yeah, man, good good shop, and I loved working for those guys. They were uh, they've been really supportive, so I will forever be grateful to them. Yeah. Oh, that's that's pretty cool to know that uh, you know, guys like that are are supporting the brand. Uh, oh and, man, and, dude, having those guys on board is. <laughs> yeah, you know it's, that's. Uh, I mean, you're you're wearing the Blackhawks hat, so I know Denny Savard is is a big deal. So. Oh yeah, it is, man. Absolutely, dude. I remember growing up just watching. I mean, even though I was more so the Jeremy Roenick, Chris Chelios, Eddie Belfour, like when I was kind of that age, they were like you know when you're looking up to people and. And I remember Steve Larmer and uh, all those guys. All you right, might so, be. I mean, how, how old are you? I was, I was just going to ask. How old are you? I'm 38. I'm 36. Yeah. So we're we're right there because I, I was going to yeah. say, uh, Belfour was my favorite player growing up. And oh, uh, remember the eagle on his uh, yeah. on his hockey uh, on the goalie mask and Absolutely. all that. Absolutely. That's awesome. I, I've still I've still got one of his cards around here somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but I I've still got a ticket stub. Um, mm-hmm. from uh, the Blackhawks versus the Hartford Whalers at the Chicago Stadium. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, so, yeah, I've been a fan for a while. <laughs> yeah, so my brother got season tickets in 2005, and we would go to the games, and literally it was like us and three other people. It's almost like going to a White Sox game now. Yeah. And so, <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's had those tickets since then, and it's been absolutely fascinating to watch the growth of that team. And, and its fan base and you have to consider what people always forget when they say oh you're a fair weather blackhawks fan no 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 never forget that this team 
would not televise their home games. Yeah. People forget that. Yeah. So when you're my, you know, when you're our age, when we're young kids and we want to get into this and then we only get to watch road games unless we can go to the games and the games were expensive. Yeah. So, okay. You know, so they weren't very good to their fan base until really the sun came back when Rocky, you know, Rocky words came and, and took it over. Yeah, that's, you know, it, as bad as it sounds, the best thing to ever happen to the Blackhawks is when old man Woods died. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, like I said, it sounds bad, but that's that's exactly yeah. what it was. Uh, when mm-hmm. when Junior came in, he made it a point to, no, I'm going to turn this around. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to turn this around, not only for the team, but for the fans as well. Yeah. And you notice as soon as they started getting broadcast on TV, uh, yep. they they blew up. Mm hmm. So, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't long after that. So, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so. Not not so great anymore. But uh, they're they're fighting for that wild card spot. They are fighting for it. Yeah, I mean they. Uh, what was that? I mean, when I was watching yesterday, it was like four to nothing. But I don't even know what happened at the end of the game. Yeah, it they ended up being like five to four or something. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. sounds about right. Yeah, it's like the Red Wings game a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but yeah. But anyway, so that's where we're at. Yep, yep. So, well, that's I've I've got a standing bet with uh, a buddy of mine in Wisconsin, Kent. Um, you know, against the Wild. So, okay. Um. Uh, surprisingly enough, like the I mean the the Hawks started off horrible, and the first game mm-hmm. against uh, Minnesota, uh, the, you know, I got the, you know, the notification for game start, and I sent him a message. So I'll get your package ready to ready to go, and. Um, now, you know, we were both fucking shocked that, uh, you know, <laughs> no, they, they, they swept them this season, uh, as yeah. far as I know. So that's, yeah. that, that was definitely good for me. Not, not so yeah. good, not, not so good for Kent, but I enjoyed no. it. I, I, up. Yeah. I def I definitely appreciated, appreciated every package that he sent. So, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I guess that goes back to the, you know, cigar, <laughs> cigar culture, um, yeah, you know, I standing standing bets like that with uh, with multiple teams, uh, and you know, uh, we're we're never sending each other any dog rockets or anything like that. No, so. no, you you gotta step your game up when you're sending fat care packages. Yeah, you you know, there's etiquette to it. You only send stuff that you would actually smoke yourself, unless your buddy has a totally different palate to which you make sure to send him stuff that you know he likes. Yeah. Um, and uh, you don't you don't re-gift cigars. Yep. So if somebody gives you a cigar, you don't give that away. You either keep it or smoke it. Yep. So uh, for those listeners out there, that uh, there is a little bit of etiquette to gifting cigars. Yeah. But so well, I think we've uh, run our course here. Cool, man. So. Uh, what do you what do you got to tell everybody as far as uh, where to find you and everything else? Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I'm not uh, I'm not super active on Twitter, but I do have a Twitter. It's uh, at Patina Cigars. Um, Instagram is where I do pretty much 99% of my my cigar social media, uh, which is at Patina Cigars on Instagram. I don't do Facebook. Don't have Facebook. Um, my life has been a lot less drama filled since Facebook is since I've gotten rid of Facebook. I'm going to keep it that way. Yeah. So, uh, 
sometimes uh, your personal sanity is worth more than uh, <laughs> business. So yeah, uh, we'll keep it on Instagram. So at Patina Cigars, that's the best way to uh, see what's going on with Patina. And uh, you know, I like uh, I love when you know tag me if you post Patina or whatever. And uh, you know, I mean, thank you for all those guys that are giving it a shot. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely worth a shot, that's for sure. Uh, you know, I've I've had a couple of the different sizes of the Connecticut, and uh, I've only had one size of the Habano. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I've definitely enjoyed them all. Um, never any problems. So Good, man. Good. Um, you know, I, I haven't had a plethora of them, but I've I've had a fair amount. Uh, you yeah, know, it's new to you, right? All, all, so. all, all thanks to uh, Tobacco Land because – yeah. Great people, yeah. Jerry's a good dude. Yeah, he is. Uh, and I mean, you you've seen the humidor in there. Like, it's it's a fucking work of art. How how he's got everything in there. Mm-hmm. How he's got so much shit in in a small space. Yep, for sure. But all yeah. right, brother. All right, man. Uh, I appreciate it. And like, thanks, this, this... thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. So there you have it, Mo from Patina Cigars. You can find him on Instagram, Patina Cigars. And don't forget, look for them uh, in your local B&Ms. Uh, if you don't have them, ask for them. You can find them online. So check them out. Like I said earlier, uh, anybody can enjoy them uh, from beginner to aficionado. Uh, I really enjoy both of them, the Connecticut and the Habano. So um, other than that, thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, don't forget to check out the website, theherfcast.com. Again, the store is open. There's links for Patreon. I do have a monthly contest going on in Patreon uh, at the $5 level. So if that interests you, then by all means, join. Uh, I would very much appreciate that. So uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review on whatever platform you listen on. You can email me at brian at theherfcast.com. That's brian with an I. brian at theherfcast.com. If you are still listening and would like to donate to Childhood Cancer Research, I do a fundraiser every year with St. Baldrick's. My event is April 14th. I'm going to be shaving my head, shaving my beard, all that. Um, It's a great organization. You raise money for Childhood Cancer Research. Uh, You know, the kids didn't do anything to deserve cancer, so let's help them out. Uh, I'll have a link underneath in the uh, description, and that would be very much appreciated as well. Here is Zebrahead with Up and Smoke off of the new album Brain Invaders. Check it out. Rhymes are lubricated, X-rated 
Smoke. 